0: Welcome to the Volbros. My name is Evan. This is my brother, Bama Decommit,
1: <laughs> and we are two
0: Valbros. I never say it out loud until we go live, and every time it always cracks me up when I actually say the words out loud and whatever you got written on your screen there. Um, we are two Volbros who are actually bros in real life. Uh, welcome to the Volbros. We got a little bit of interesting evening this evening. Uh, we're going to have something new, so wherever you are, watching us from around the country or globe or wherever, uh, let us know where you are and the predicted amount of snow that you're supposed to get tonight. Uh, because we are preparing for snowmageddon here in East Tennessee. Uh, if you are watching currently from the Nashville area or somewhere in central Tennessee, you are already getting snow. Uh, we are supposed to, it was supposed to have been, you know, one to three inches, then it went to two to four inches. And, as of about an hour ago, we're up to three to five inches predicted now. So that's rare for us in Chattanooga, for sure. Uh, so y'all let us know wherever you are, uh, what you got going on. Elijah, welcome. Elijah, good to have you, buddy. He said Lenore City, expected around six inches or so. That's that's awesome, man. Um, I saw earlier where Knoxville supposed to get around four to six, and then Gatlinburg was actually less than Knoxville, which kind of surprised me. So, uh, Wherever you're tuning in from, we got several folks on X and YouTube and Facebook right now. Uh, y'all let us know where you are and how much snow you're supposed to get. Eric, welcome, Eric. Good to have you, buddy. He said, I live in Oneida and uh, we we're supposed to get three to six inches tonight into tomorrow. Uh, yep, supposed to snow all day tomorrow, uh, all day long. So uh, that's exciting. It'll see. I mean, I'm assuming it's not going to impact Tennessee's game against Florida Tuesday night, but I don't know. Crazier things have happened, I guess. I mean, six inches of snow in Knoxville could could do some stuff um ht14 welcome ht14 good to have you he said i'm in chattanooga tennessee as we are as well he said we're expected two to six inches yep uh zach welcome zach good to have you buddy uh zach said he's in athens and it's saying two inches there uh so all over the the viewing area (laughs) uh we're we're gonna have some snow this evening Uh, that's super exciting Uh, Always beautiful to see snowfall, man. So peaceful. Uh, Welcome. I'm trying out a new lens this evening. Uh, We'll see how it works out. I think it's going pretty good so far, the way it looks. I got a 30 millimeter Sigma lens, uh, 1.4 aperture on the camera right now on my Sony a7 IV. So if you want affiliate links to those, I'll try to remember to put them in the description later on. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh AC14 said where in Chattanooga do you guys stay? I'll tell you what, you send us a message and we'll tell you so we don't just publicly put on the internet for everyone <laughs> to tell them where we live. How about that? Uh we're in the we're in the Chattanooga area. So uh message us and we'll let you know. Um we hope everybody's having a great evening. Uh yesterday was a little bit of an up and down roller coaster for the basketballs. Uh, so, Rustin, what was your immediate take? By the way, they did win. Let's let's start there. Tennessee won the game. It was obviously extremely close. But, Rustin, what were your takeaways from the game against Georgia at
1: Georgia yesterday? Well, I think we've talked about before. I'm sorry. I've got a bad sinus infection. <clears throat> I think we've talked about before. You know, in the past, when they go on long-scoring droughts, it usually leads to double-figure losses. And with 11 points, down with 6 minutes to go. I'm sure everybody was thinking this is another double figure loss and yeah. to outscore them 15 to 1 in the final 5 minutes was really stinking impressive and you could almost see our composure rise over Georgia's and you could see Georgia just start imploding. Like you you could almost it was tangible. You could see their faces and know they were expecting to lose. And and that's, you know, That's there's a lot to be said for a veteran team that can go out there and just say, okay, enough's enough. We're going to go in this thing right now. Um, And that's definitely not what's happened in the past. So as bad as that 12 to 14 minute stretch was in the middle of the game, they righted the ship and they they eliminated an 11 point deficit with five minutes left. I mean, that's that's impressive.
0: Uh, defense and Dalton connect eliminated that 11 point difference um i tweeted out yesterday after the game from revolver's account i, I what do i call it i still i'm still mixed up on that do i xed out i i xed out or i'm just going to say tweeted i mean i think that's that makes the most sense um yesterday after the game was over i went back and i looked and watched uh, you know um the scoring runs that tennessee had because we're so used to over the last How many years at Tennessee, you know, they'll be on fire and then all of a sudden they're not, and then they get back on fire. So in the first 16 minutes of the game, they scored 42 points. So when we hit the four minute mark left in the first half, Tennessee had scored 42 points over the next 16 minutes. So the rest of the first half and the first 12 minutes of the the second half until we got to the eight minute mark where the under, under eight media timeout. Tennessee only scored 18 points. So one 16-minute segment, 42 points. The next 16 minutes, only 18. Then the last eight minutes of the game, they scored 25 points. (laughs) Now you figure eight minutes times two to get 16, that's 50. They were on pace for 50 points in that section. So it would have been 42, 18, 50. (laughs) <laughs> Over the course of, you know, uh, two, three equal, you know, equal length time segments, there. Um, I think, Rustin, you make a good point. Uh, last time we saw a scoring drought like that was Kansas. I always go back to that game. I guess it's just because it stuck in my head. Uh, we did not come out on top in that game. So the fact that they did come out on top yesterday is a huge credit to that team. Elijah kind of said uh, something similar in the comments. He said, all I'm saying is the last two or three years, we lose that game by at least seven or eight. He's like, that's the difference about this team and why I'm, he's so excited about him. And I understand that totally. Dalton Cadet essentially said, all right, we're going to win now. And he took over the game. Uh, Zakai had one of his worst games of the year, in my opinion. Uh, he turned the ball over way too much, way too much. You can't do that as the point guard, you just can't. And and there were so many possessions where we didn't even get a shot attempt because we turned the ball over before we even took a shot. You can't do that, and especially in major division one college basketball. Um, so thank goodness for Dalton because he's the one that really, uh, you know, won that game. Uh, getting some of the comments going again. Uh, Zach said, come on, Evan, we want to stop by. Tell us where you live. Uh, Brennan said, I'm in Uldewa, no snow yet, but you just wait. Snow's coming. Absolutely it is. You're right, Brennan. Thanks for being with us, buddy. Uh, he said, Rustin's handler name is always on point. <laughs> um, let's see. Eric said, Don Canette is a baller. I'm glad Coach Barnes and staff got him committed through the portal this offseason. season." Cause Tennessee didn't have a Dalton. If he didn't, if they didn't have Dalton this season, it would be totally different. Amen. Uh, absolutely. Uh, HT 14 said he almost stopped watching the game and he said, he's happy he didn't stop watching it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Elijah said, Zakai didn't have a single turnover in the second half. So at least he adjusted halftime. That's fair. I totally, yeah, that's fair. And, you know, give credit where credit's due. Um, you know, uh, the, the turnovers they got to us bad in the first, it wasn't, and it wasn't just Sakai. I I should, I should say that it wasn't just Sakai. We took, we had turnovers all over the place, all over the place. Um, so, uh, having said that I'm going to do player of the game first, because I think that's probably pretty easy. (laughs) Um, Rustin, who was your player of the game? And if you're joining us online, us uh, anywhere whether you're on YouTube or X or Facebook, let us know in the comments who your player of the game was. Cause I think we probably all got the same person.
1: I think I'm going to have to go with Jordan Ganey. <laughs>
0: That's an excellent pick. <laughs> That's an excellent choice.
1: Yeah. I think when the entire second half became the Dalton connect show, it was pretty much a, a, a done deal at that point. Absolutely.
0: Elijah said DK by country mile. Totally agree. Zach said DK is his player of the game. Totally agree. Uh Dalton's my player of the game as well. Uh, the 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 man took over the game. Like he he took it over. He hit five threes in the game. Uh and I, I mean he, he was the difference. He was
1: it. Without him, we do not win that game. The and thing so that ble- leads the thing that blew my mind is how many times did we just go high ball screen and just say, Dalton, just go attack the basket? And like, yeah Georgia knew what was coming. Like it wasn't, there was no surprise. And somehow he still found ways to get to the rim. And it's just like, you're watching it going, how are they not stopping this? Yep. Uh, Eric
0: said all these turnovers, something new for a Rick Barnes coach team. Uh, most of the time, Rick's teams don't turn it over a whole lot. Uh, I agree with that. Uh, Zach said Schofield and DK only uh, uh, did 20-plus in two games. They, that was a st- uh, infographic that they put up on the screen during the game. Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple people were talking about did DK start off cold. He actually hit his first three threes of the game, his, mm-hmm. his first three attempts. He, he connected on those. Oh, no pun intended with connect there. Uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Um, Dalton, uh, Eric, Eric said Dalton's his player of the game by a lot. Yeah, he was certainly my player of the game as well. Uh, he was the reason we won the game. So let's go to our third question. This one's going to be a little bit different because I think there's a couple different options people could choose for this. I don't know how many people are going to have the same one that I've got for this. I, I may have a, a, a subtle one here. Um, H.C. Uh, said the Ole Miss game, DK didn't do that right. Yep, you're right, he didn't. Uh, thanks, thankfully, things turned around at Mississippi State uh, for sure. Uh, let's see. Rustin, what was your play of the game?
1: Yeah, it was a Dalton connect three with uh minute 56 left. We were down 79-78. Uh, Dalton hit a pull-up three. Ice cold in his veins. I mean, just no conscience, just pulled up and buried it um to make it 81 79 and we never never look back
0: so that's the exact same play i was going to pick uh, we did not talk about this beforehand. we never do uh, and that was the exact same play i was going to pick because we had fought back fought back fought back finally tied it they go down hit a free throw go up 79 78 we come back down the other end of the court and Dalton just pulls up right. I mean, he had a little bit of space. Uh, he was a pretty, you know, decent distance behind the three point line. He took one dribble in, dude gave him a little bit of space and he pulled the trigger right in front of the guy and buried it. And I don't know, man, there was just something about that shot where all of a sudden you could just feel, I mean, I was watching it on TV and I could feel it, but you could just feel the momentum totally swing. And Tennessee finally had the lead again. Um, and and they never looked back at, from that point forward. Uh there there, there was a that was a huge momentum swing in that shot. And so that was my play of the game as well because that was in my opinion a turning point in the game. I know it was only minute 56 left, but that was that was a turning point in the game for sure. Um you know, finishing the game on a 21 to 2 run, that's awesome, man. That's just that's that's big time stuff. And that one shot was Absolutely monumental in the in the scope of that game. Uh, let's see, some of the folks chiming in with their play of the game. Uh, Elijah said the Santi three after the missed free throw completely flipped momentum force. I think that's a great choice too. Yeah, that that's was another. my second pick. So uh, in case anybody can't remember the play that Elijah's referring to, Jonas Adu got an offensive rebound off of a missed free throw and he kicked it out to Santi for a wide open three and Santi buried it. Uh, that that's the, that's the play Elijah's referring to. And he's right. That was a huge momentum shift. Absolutely. Uh, Zach, <laughs> Zach, why am I not surprised, man? This, I uh, this has your, your play written all over it, doesn't it? He said, Zakai steal, which he did just pick that dude's pocket so bad, uh, right in front of half court. This is, that's the play that Zach's talking about. It was in the first half. Um, Zakai stole the ball and then turned around and looked at the guy and, and just kind of Trotted down and made an easy layup. Gave the guy a big smile as he was heading down the court there. Uh, let's see. Eric said, I got the same play as Rustin. That was an awesome play in a big part of the game. Totally agree. Totally agree. And like Rustin said, I mean, that was his fifth three of the game, just ice in his veins, man. Just buried it right in front of the guy. Uh, Zach said, Georgia was being too cocky with all the shimmy moves. LOL we got the last laugh i 100% agree with that totally agree with that uh what was that dude's name i can't remember it was the one dude he kept he was the one guy doing all of it now he did make uh he did make a good which yeah he had a dunk over j uh, triple j but it rolled in it 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 wasn't even a clean dunk the ball actually came out of his hand on the rim and then it rolled in so it wasn't even like a, a clean dunk but um oh HT fourteen said Blue Kane. Um I think you're muted, Rustin.
1: Sorry. No, it was the DeMary kid that uh did the shimmy. Um Blue Kane's actually a really good shooter, a really good player. I hope in a couple of years we have a spot for him he can transfer home. Um he's from Knoxville, played at Knox Catholic, went to IMG his last year of high school. Um, Rick Barnes just didn't have room for him, but um, love to see him transfer in at some point. He had a
0: big shot late in the second half. It was a three right in front of the Georgia bench. Yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Elijah said, oh, oh, great question. Great question, Elijah. Uh, Elijah said, my question for you is, is the Kai Ziegler a first team all SEC point guard?
1: Yeah. I don't I don't know that there's anybody else you could make a, a better case for. There's a couple of really good point guards in the league, but I think if you look full stat sheet, there's nobody that's putting together the numbers Zakai is. So
0: it's interesting that you asked this, Elijah, because I was literally thinking this during the game yesterday. I'm like this was this was coming to you know my mind as I'm watching it. Like, is he gonna be the first team all SEC point guard? Because I mean, let's be honest, the the first few games, so that was their third conference game, Tennessee's two and one in the conference now. The first two games against Ole Miss and Mississippi State, especially the Mississippi State game, uh, or, or maybe I'm thinking of the Ole Miss game, Zakai was the reason why we were, you know, playing as well as we were. Uh he he controlled the game both times. Yesterday in the first half was the first time that we really saw him. I don't know, struggle uh, as far as like protecting the ball and stuff. But, you know, his defense is always incredible. Uh, Will Warren, if if you don't follow Will Warren on Twitter, I would strongly recommend that. Uh, it's at Stats by Will. And he tweeted out something, exactly what I was thinking the other day. Um, during the game, during the Georgia game, there was one play where Georgia was not able to get the ball to their point guard until there was 14 seconds left on the shot clock. Now, just so you know, that was after a made basket. So the the shot clock started at 30 seconds. So for 16 seconds, they were trying to get the ball to their point guard to initiate their offense, and they couldn't because Zakai was denying the ball so well. Uh, It was very, very impressive. Immediately, stats by Will uh, Will Warren tweeted out a clip of it saying, you know, this is incredible uh, ball denial. And, I mean, it was just – it was amazing. And they ended up rushing a shot at the end because it took them literally over half the shot clock just to get the ball to their point guard to start the play. Um, so that's one thing about Zakai that, you know, I love the fact that a lot of people, they play really great defense, but it, it never really doesn't get, it, you know, might not get noticed as much as their offense. Zakai's doing a really, really good job on both ends of the floor so far through the first three games of um, uh, the the SEC schedule. And so uh you, you gotta be a huge fan of that if you're a Tennessee fan. Um, the way he's playing in the in the on both ends of the court. And I think that's the reason not only is it his offense, which he's been shooting the ball really, really well, but his defensive, you know, performance as well. I think that if you're basing your voting off of the first three SEC games, you can't not put Zakai first team all SEC, in my opinion. Um him and Dalton are the two right now that I think would be shoe-ins for first team based on SEC play only. Yeah, um,
1: I think those are the two that you'd have to include. Yeah. If they go just strictly on scoring, it'll be Mark Sears at Alabama. If they, if they take into account complete game, then it should be Zakai. But unfortunately most of those all SEC stuff is picked by media and they don't know what they're watching. So, you know, it's, They'll probably go, by, probably go by points, probably make Mark Sears first and Sakai second, but yeah, it is what it is. So
0: Eric makes a good point. Uh, this actually did happen. I don't know about exactly what he said, but Dalton did confirm that the guy was uh, chirping at him a little bit during the game. Eric said, I heard one of the Georgia players was barking at Dalton and told him this wasn't, oh, I see what you did there, Georgia, and barking, nice. Nice. Um, this wasn't Colorado and that's when Dalton opened up and went off. So I don't know what the guy said to him. Apparently it was quite a few things throughout the course of the game. Um, uh, but Dalton did confirm actually after the game. And I can't, I can't remember who asked him the question, but somebody, one of the reporters asked him a question after the game. And he talked about how that dude was running his mouth at him the whole game. And he was like, okay. And he, <laughs> and he said that between that guy and the fans, uh, that was another thing in his interview with Dane Bradshaw and the other guy calling the game. I can't remember that guy's name. Um, they asked him about, you know, what is it like to play in a, a place like this? And he's like, we love it when the fans get involved because it gets us more into the game. So, you know, some people they're like, you know, intimidated by the fans and Dalton was using it to feed him. Uh, I love that. That was great. Cause they were asking him, you know, how are you performing so well when you're on the road? And that's what, that was his answer. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Elijah said right now he'd say Zakai is number two. Mark Sears from Bama is number one if he's a point guard. Uh, yep, a, a Rustin agreed with you as well. Um, Zach said, Eric, the fans are barking at him right after he hit a three. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh ac 14 said, well, it's oh, a great question. Uh, what players on our current roster do you think will go to the NBA? You're, you're muted again, Rustin.
1: <laughs> I keep muting because I don't want you to hear me coughing. But yeah, um, I for this year or ever, I think this, year, this it's year, just Dalton. just Dalton. Um, yeah, I think I think Santi's gonna have a really good career in Europe. He's got the European game written all over him. Um, I think he'll go pro, play 10, 12 years of pro ball in Europe. I think Josiah has a shot to make a G League team um, as an undrafted free agent and who knows, maybe work his way up to a bottom end NBA guy. Um, he kind of has that rangy defensive in between position <laughs> body that, that NBA teams love right now. So it's possible he may get a look. Um, I would say G league first and then, and then NBA, um, down the road. I think Jonas is an absolute NBA player. Um, You know, that's probably it.
0: Yeah, I think Zakai will probably be a G League player, but it'd be tough for Zakai to ever make it past the G League just due to his size. Um, So I think, you know, he'll be a G League guy. I think Dalton is for sure an NBA player. Um, I agree with Jonas. I mean, he'll probably start out in the G League, but he'll make it to the NBA. I mean, uh, uh, Kyle Alexander made it to the NBA, so... I think Jonas is a better player than Kyle Alexander. Um, so I think Jonas will make it to the NBA. Uh, that That's a great question. That's a, that's a really good question. Um, Jemai,
1: Jemai's ability to score and play consistent defense could get him a long-term deal in Europe. I could see Jemai playing pro ball in Europe for a very long time.
0: Yeah, and I agree with you on Santi. Unfortunately, I don't think Santi's going to make it to the NBA, but no. he, he definitely... Uh, uh, he definitely looked, you know, um, definitely has a European game. And Zach just said, you know, look at Trey Young. He's small, but he's good. Yeah, that's true. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the probably a little bit smaller.
1: He's a lot smaller, and he has a lot shorter arms. Um, Trey Young's lanky. He's he's had a he's like Steph Curry. He's had a long career finding ways to get to the basket and score off the bounce. That's not Zakai's game. Um, you know, it's, it's two very different players.
0: Uh, so Brent, welcome Brent. Good to have you, buddy. He said he's coming from Shelbyville and they've got four to eight inches predicted. The ground's already covered. Uh, so if, if you're just joining us on YouTube or X or Facebook, uh, we we started the show out by asking everybody, you know, where are you and what's your predicted amount of snow for tonight? We're in Chattanooga. And we're predicted, uh, actually, it just went up to three to five inches. So um, uh, we're right outside, you know, the Chattanooga area. So uh, three to five inches predicted here. Um, so uh, let us know where you are and, and what you're looking at snow-wise this evening. Uh, it's exciting. Um, hopefully everybody's power, you know, holds out for them and, and everything like that. Uh, Elijah said Dalton is 100% locked for SEC Player of the Year. I know that for sure. Uh, Okay, so here's the thing. Um, They're going to pick SEC Player of the Year. Well, let me back. I should not say that. I should say they're supposed to pick (laughs) SEC Player of the Year based on SEC play. I I think that helps Dalton to an extent. Um, because a couple of the games he had there where he was not playing well would not factor into it. But I don't know, man. There's a lot of good players in the SEC. Uh, If Dalton keeps averaging 30-something points a game, then yeah, no doubt. He's SEC player of the year. They'll give it to him for sure, because nobody's going to be averaging that many. Um, I think it's safe to say he's definitely – Definitely in the top five. It may be in the top three right now for sure. No doubt about it. But I can't call him a lock for the player of the year just yet because we're only three games in to a long schedule. I mean, we still got half of January and all of February. Um, So, I mean, we're still looking at at least – Ten more games, maybe eleven. I can't remember. Uh, at
1: least ten, maybe tw- maybe twelve. It also depends on who finishes first. the The SEC media yep. are really bad about, regardless of who the best player is, choosing the best player on the team that finishes first.
0: Uh, let's see. <laughs> Elijah said Z is a different kind of small. <laughs> yeah. He said Trey Young 6'2", ZZ Z Z is five nine. So, um, guy might,
1: so guy might be five nine if he's standing on a couple of books.
0: <laughs> uh Dester, welcome, Dester. Good to have you, buddy. He said there he's in Rickman, mm-hmm. right outside of Cookville, six to eight inches. Wow. Uh so y'all are gonna have a whole bunch there. Um, I bet it's already I bet it's already started there too, because it's moving across middle Tennessee. So I bet it's already there. Uh, it's about to start here probably within the next hour. Uh, so I'm excited to see it. I love, I told uh, my wife, Ginger, I told her earlier, you know, it's so beautiful watching snow fall. It's so peaceful watching it fall. So uh, I'm, ex- I'm excited. I Man, I'm getting like, you know, deep and philosophical on the ball bros tonight about this snow. <laughs> I'm pumped, man. I'm excited. Uh, let's see. Elijah just said or Dalton has to be the front runner right now no doubt about it Now, I do agree 100% with that uh if if, if the voting was today yeah Dalton's the player of the year in the SEC because what just happened you know like he just scored 37 points in a game um so yeah if if the voting were today I 100% agree he's the guy because of what just happened um how much did he score against mississippi state was it 28 26 20 I think it's 28. Cause he, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he had tw- 28 total 26 in the second half. Yeah. So, I mean, dude goes 26 he didn't score that much against Ole Miss, but he scores 26 and 37 in back-to-back games on the road in the SEC. Yeah. He's the front runner, no doubt right now. I agree. Uh, let's hope he just keeps doing that. Right. Let's just hope he keeps up, keeps it up. Uh, Elijah said, realistically, he should be number two in national player of the year odds. Um, you know he's got some tough tough company there. Kyle Filipowski at Duke's going to be tough to beat. Um you know there's a couple guys at Carolina that you know you can make a case for uh Zach Eady, Yeah, exactly. I mean that it's going to be really tough to beat out Zach Eady. Um Yeah, I mean there's a couple guys at Kentucky they're playing really well. Um Yeah that, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Um, I hope, I hope he wins. Um, that'd be amazing. Um, we'll see. <laughs> AC 14 said, I don't know about y'all, but I'm playing the snow as soon as I wake up in the morning. <laughs> uh, we, we, I, I will be too, actually. Um, both of my kids and they're super excited. We're all excited to see our dog. We have a, April to now would be what, nine months? Yeah. So we have a nine month old dog and we're all super excited to see the dog's reaction in the snow for the first time. Uh, it's been so long since it snowed in Chattanooga. It'll kind of be like our kids first reaction again too. last time it snowed and he halfway decent was like three, four years ago, at least maybe, maybe more. Um, let's see. Uh, Dester said Dalton's the best player in the SEC, maybe in the nation. Um. I mean, it, it's hard to, it's hard to argue that based on what we saw yesterday, but we do have to remember that we did see games like Norfolk state and where he, he didn't hardly score anything against Norfolk state. Um, we, you know, against Ole Miss, he's struggled against Ole Miss. So, uh, if, if he consistently does what he did the last two games, like against Mississippi state and Georgia, then, oh man, he's, he's the he's got it locked up for sure. It just he's got to be consistent. That's the thing. And that was another thing. You know, I mentioned this about yesterday. It, it was driving me crazy, and I tweeted this as I was watching it in the second half. Dalton was the only guy offensively who was consistently hitting shots the whole game. Um, you know, like we said, he started three of three from behind the arc, and, and he was consistently hitting shots the whole game. And when we went in that huge lull for 16 minutes where we only scored 18 points, I don't know why in the world, especially the first 10 minutes of the second half, I don't know why in the world, every trip down the court, unless somebody was just totally wide open, the ball should have gone into Dalton's hands. He should have touched the ball on every single possession. I don't know why in the world they weren't doing that. Um, but when you got a guy who's the only guy on the court for your team who is consistently making shots, the ball has to touch his hands every possession, um, and the, and it didn't. for And, you know, for 16 minutes, we only score 18 points. What would have happened if they had gone to that sooner with him bringing the ball up the court? You know, I think they got to – I think that's the remedy. Uh, if they go through another one of these long, long scoring droughts, a remedy might be Dalton bring the ball up the court. Um, you know, I think that they got at least try it to, to, to remedy that. Uh, let's see. Oh, Reston, uh, your wife just liked our, our show. Hey, Amy, it's good to have you with us. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about.
1: It's the first time she's ever watched.
0: <laughs> uh, we appreciate, we appreciate the support, Amy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, let's see. Some of the other comments that just came through. Elijah said Zach Eady. you know, that's why he said number two. Yeah, I totally understand that for sure. Uh Elijah said he's currently fifth in the odds. Um, that's 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 pretty good. I mean, that I means that means you got a shot, you know. That's that's yep. good. Um uh oh, Robert asked a good question, so we'll come back to that here in just a second. I got started. Uh Amy said hi. Hey, look at there. Welcome, Amy. Good to have you. <laughs> Uh your son asked where you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Uh let's see. Dester said it's already been snowing there uh, for an hour. He's in middle Tennessee, uh kind of northern middle Tennessee. Um that's exciting for that. That's that's really cool. I'm I'm excited to see the snow. Uh, let's see. Uh HT14 said at the Ole Miss game, an Ole Miss fan asked his friend, who was a Tennessee fan, who was the best player, and he said Jonas Adu. Um, that particular game, yeah, Jonas. That's the game Jonas scored 28 points. Um, so I mean, I can understand why they chose him that game because he was dominant. But I mean, I think we'd all agree Dalton's best player on our team right now. Uh, Vols time. Welcome Vols time. Good to have you. They said it would be nice if the Vols can make the final four before I croak. <laughs> well, so you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's 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 talk about that real quick. Let's go back to that 16-16-8 thing we talked about earlier. This is why it's 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 scary to trust this Tennessee team in March. Because first 16 minutes of the game against Georgia, they score 42 points. And and let's be totally honest, they could have scored more than that. But they turned the ball over so many times that they were literally taking the ball out of their own hands. So it could have been more. It could have been closer to 50 or higher. But first 16 minutes, 42 points. Second 16 minutes, 18 points when you're only averaging about one point per minute, that is not good, that is not good. And then the last eight minutes, 25 points. So in a 16 minute time frame, that would be 50 points. So 42, 18 on pace for 50. That is, it has to be at least concerning if you're a Tennessee fan, when you think about March, because here's the deal. If they have a 16 minute stretch in the round of 64 or the round of 32, and especially in the sweet 16, if they have a 16 minute stretch of the game where they only score 18 points, they will not win that game. Like, I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And so Whatever whatever it takes, they have to remedy because we've seen it too many times now. We saw it against Mississippi State. We saw it against uh, Georgia. We, we didn't really see it against Ole Miss, but we definitely saw it against Kansas. We saw it twice in Maui. Who'd they play after Kansas? I can't remember in Maui. I don't remember. It's totally, It's totally left me. It wasn't Marquette. It was somebody else.
1: Yeah, I can't think.
0: Um the game, the Kansas game and the subsequent game, both games. North Carolina. Oh, that was that that was North Carolina. So it must have been game before Kansas then. Because it was twice in Maui.
1: was Syracuse, Purdue, and Kansas.
0: Purdue. That's who it was. It was Purdue. And so against Purdue and Kansas and Maui, we both saw long scoring droughts. Uh Zach just said Purdue. Thank you, Zach. Um Yeah. You you just can't do that in March and expect to win the game. And so I think that's why everybody's kind of like cautiously optimistic because we've seen what they can do, but we've also seen what they can't do sometimes. And I think that's why, you know, if you're going through, if you're going through a long scoring drought, they got to go ahead and start saying, all right, Dalton, bring the ball up, set a high ball screen, let him go cook. I mean, like, that's that's the remedy at this point. Um, because he's the only consistent scoring threat day in, day out. Uh let's see. Uh <laughs> Zach said hi Amy. I thought Rustin was making you up. <laughs> uh let's see here. Uh so let's go back, let's finish our show with Robert's question. <coughs> Uh, I'll take that banner off the screen here. So, Robert asked a good question. Robert, we're glad you're with us. Uh, it was about the Lady Vols. And Robert said, Hey, guys, I know you're talking about the men's basketball team right now, but what's going on with the Lady Vols basketball team? So, Lady Vols had been playing better. Uh, when they got Rakia back, they've been playing better, but unfortunately, they lost tonight at Texas a. It was Texas AM. I'm pretty sure it was yeah. Texas AM. Yeah. Uh, they 15. lost that- I just got home like an hour and a half ago. So I hadn't been, I've been off the grid for a little bit here. Um, So they lost at Texas A&M. What what would be your take about the Lady Vols?
1: That's a, that's a long answer. Um, So it's, it's hard for me because I'm a little too close. Um, I coached college women's basketball. I coached high school women's basketball, for a total of about 16 years. Um, Just to be candid, I think Kelly's stuck in the past. I think think she's a little bit like Rick Barnes in that she is trying to play bully ball too much, and the game has passed her by. And if she doesn't change her philosophy, they're going to be a middle-of-the-pack team forever. They're going to beat the weaker teams they're supposed to beat and they're never going to beat the athletic teams because they can't out athlete them. And I'll give you two examples. Jewel Spear transferred in from Wake Forest, two-time All ACC, thirteen hundred career points, averaging almost sixteen <laughs> po- <coughs> averaging almost sixteen points a game over that two over that time she was there. Second all-time in Wake Forest three-point history. She's our number three, sometimes number four scorer. She's averaging 12 a game, and that's only because every once in a while she just gets selfish and hoists a shot because she untouched the ball forever. And we've relegated her to a spot shooter. We took the athleticism completely out of her. At Wake Forest, they played a wide open system. She got to fly around. She got to attack the basket. That's how she scored 1,300 career points. And we said, you're not going to be an athlete here. Jillian Hollingshed. This is the more glaring one to me. I doubt anybody on here got to see Jillian Holl- Hollingshed play in high school. I saw Jillian high sc- Jillian's entire high school career. She was in our region. Um, We played her two, sometimes three times a year. Um, I did a lot of scouting for our basketball coaches um, when I was, when I was there. So I watched her several times. A lot of people would be surprised to know that when Jillian was at Holy Innocence, she was one of the top three point shooters in the state of Georgia. Which is saying a lot because it's the state of Georgia. And it's Atlanta um, where, you know, the region she played in in Atlanta would have 15 to 20 Division One signees annually. It's one of the toughest regions in the entire country. She was one of the best three-point shooters in the entire state of Georgia. But what, but what would surprise people even more is, since she got <laughs> since she got to UT. They have bulked her up so much and tried to force her to be a back-to-the-basket player. They've removed her athleticism, too. When she was in high school, if Holy Innocence needed a basket, that same high ball screen that Rick Barnes runs for Dalton Canet, they would have Jillian Hollingshed run point guard, and they would set that high ball screen for her. That's how athletic she was. We bulked her up, stuck her under the basket and removed the athleticism from her because Kelly badly wants to do things the way Pat did it. And the reality is that doesn't work anymore. And if you look around the country, the teams are in the top 10. all play a wide open, free flowing, high shooting percentage system. And that's not how Tennessee's roster is built. So when they when they play teams they can bully, they'll win. But if they play teams that are halfway athletic, they're gonna get run out of the gym. We need Caitlin Clark. That's what we need. <laughs> we just Let's need, get her down here. We just need to get all the big bodies off the court. I mean, I hate to say that, but that's what it is. We have too many slow players on the court. Can't play at this speed. The game's changed. Uh HC14
0: asked a very good question. He said, Do you do live streams on Instagram? So that's a great question. We've actually thought about it. Uh StreamYard recently, we use StreamYard, just so everybody knows, uh, to go live on multiple platforms simultaneously. And they recently introduced Instagram as an option. And so we've thought about doing that. Uh the only, the only problem is uh there's a few extra steps uh that would have to go into having it live streamed on Instagram and I haven't had the, the guts to try it yet because, yeah, I have to be very quick to click go live on there and go live on here as quickly as I possibly can on both Instagram and StreamYard uh, so that there's not this weird, awkward, like n- nothing moment where it's just us on the screen. <laughs> um, so I, I, we're, I'm probably going to do that though. I probably will get it connected. Um, this is our 99th episode. And so we'll, I'm probably going to wait to get through a first and then I'll start playing with Instagram. See if we can go live there too. Uh, because I, I mean, I'd like to do that. I think that'd be fun. Um, but I'm glad you asked that because that is something that I've been thinking about. Um, let's see a couple Butch Jones or not Butch Jones, uh, Bruce Pearl and Butch Jones uh, comments in the, <laughs> in, the, in the chat here. Uh, Eric said it's peppering snow in Oneida right now. Looking forward or looking like we're going to get all that snow uh hopefully you know everybody's safe on the roads uh hopefully everybody's safe on the roads boss time said lady balls are all right he watched you know watched the florida game um they did play well against florida uh rakia played well
1: against florida but again go back and watch does florida have athletes
0: uh, it'll be interesting to see if they play, you know, which LSU lost tonight. But if, if they played LSU, it'd be interesting to see how they did against them. Uh, which if they're going to win the SEC, they're probably going to have to play LSU. South Carolina. South um, Carolina, South Carolina's, well, Carolina's going
1: Carolina to yeah. beat them by 30. They're going to run them out of the gym. Uh, let's see.
0: I think that's all the comments we've had so far. Uh, Zach said, I'm in enemy territory, so I'm not safe anywhere. So is that, did you mean Athens, Georgia? Is that what you meant or Athens, Tennessee? Based on the fact that you're in enemy territory, I'm, I'm guessing it's Athens, Georgia. Uh, HD said, I'm hoping it snows a lot. So we don't have school. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think, I think you pretty much guaranteed, uh, Tuesday all across Tennessee schools are going to be out. Um,
1: I'll just go ahead and tell you, you got tomorrow off. Enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah
0: uh zach said athens georgia so man uh i hope not too many folks are barking at you down there zach (laughs) well so having having said that and zach since you're listening right now um oh zach said they went to the game last night uh, his boss gave him tickets that's awesome man That's, that's so cool i'm glad you're there uh that's really cool man um so Here's the, here's the thing. This is our 99th episode. Thursday will be our 100th episode. Uh, Zach, are you working Thursday night? Or what time do you think you'll be back home after you get off work? So you let us know in the comments. Uh, time said,
1: who do, we, who do you believe will be the Titans' next coach? I have no idea. I, I hope that Rand Carthon uses some common sense. Well, that ain't gonna and, happen <laughs> and recognizes well no he's still new you know he he is the guy who fired Mike Vrabel so there's a chance i hope he uses some common sense and recognizes the fact the titans are the number 2 team in the state of tennessee and it's okay to admit that and it's okay to embrace the number 1 team in the state of tennessee and you know when he was at the when he was at the saints yeah. they drafted a lot of balls um I hope he has the common sense to look around and go, is there a former Vol out there that would make it make sense as either the head coach or the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator so that there's some hat tip to the university on that staff. If he would just make that simple step, they would be shocked at how this state would embrace them.
0: Yeah, I totally agree because right now it seems like they're doing things intentionally just to, poke at Tennessee fans, like all that stuff with Will Levis and social media and stuff. Um, Zach said, I'm usually back around 10. Sorry. So here's the thing, Zach, um, when you get home Thursday night after work, uh, first of all, I think it's so cool that we know each other's work schedules on this. (laughs) That's how close of a community we've developed here. Um, Zach, when you get home, because I thought you worked till about, I usually join us around 10 on Thursday nights. So when you get home, I need you to join us on Thursday, okay? Um, I just I need you to join us that night. Um. So, uh, this week the schedule is a little bit a uh, little bit different for the Tennessee Vol basketball team, men's team. They play Tuesday night instead of win- Wednesday or Thursday. They play Tuesday. Uh, it is a huge game. Uh, it's against Florida at home. Florida. Uh, Zach said, if we're still on, he'll, he'll be here. We'll still be on. Um, it is a huge game Tuesday because y'all Florida is playing extremely good basketball right now. They mopped the floor with Arkansas this weekend, yesterday. I think it was, um, they are playing very, very good basketball. So if we felt like Georgia was a tough game, if we felt like Mississippi state was a tough game, uh the best team of those those three teams I just mentioned including Florida we might be playing the best of them all Tuesday because Florida's playing really really well um Thankfully it is a home game but hopefully the same Dalton connect that we've been seeing you know on the road, hopefully he shows up at home uh Tuesday night because they need him. I believe it's a seven o'clock tip. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure it's 7 o'clock tip-off Tuesday night in Thompson Bowling. Excuse me, the Food City Center at Thompson Bowling Arena. Um, HT 14, so are y'all seeing the Lions versus Rams game right now? Uh, I'm not right now, uh, but as soon as we finish this, I'm going to go down and watch it. Um, So Zach said it is. It's a 7 o'clock tip, and then 12 o'clock on Saturday. Thank you, Zach. I appreciate that. Uh, so seven o'clock Tuesday night. Now that's not going to change anything for Rustin and I, we're still going to go live on Thursday, even though it'll be two, two days after the game. Uh, that's fine. And so we'll still go live on Thursday. Um, but that's, that's our plan. Uh, Rustin, do you have anything else, uh, about light yesterday that you want to say or anything like that? Oh, hang on. I'm sorry. Your, 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 uh, banner name just reminded me, uh, Thursday night we were talking about how Tennessee was getting a visit in football from the Alabama tight end who had entered the transfer portal. Uh, he did commit to Tennessee Saturday night, so clearly he came here already, kind of leaning towards Tennessee because the that same day he committed. So it's hard to you know it's hard to look at Tennessee's tight end room now and say that they're short handed because they got they got a bunch of you know a bunch of bodies in there now that are talented. Um, so that was a good pickup for Tennessee. Um, it is interesting. You know, we haven't yet heard officially anything about, no pun intended, uh, about Lance Heard, but we haven't heard yet, but, uh, it does still seem like all signs are pointing to Tennessee there. There was another person today that entered actually about an hour ago, cause it was about, well, maybe two hours ago, cause it was about 45 minutes before we went live. Um, An offensive tackle at uh, uh, Washington, an offensive tackle started all 15 games at Washington this year, entered the transfer portal. And so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where he goes. Uh, Isaiah Bond, the transfer from Alabama, committed to Texas today. Um, HD 14. And not uh, only...
1: not only did they lose Isaiah Bond, they had two five-star wide receivers decommit in 24 hours.
0: Yeah, that's never good. Uh, Ryan Matthews was one of them. Um, and that's what HT14 is talking about. Um, uh, There's about
1: see. to be a lot of really good players because the whole Hardball fiasco hasn't gone down yet. You know, Washington just hired Jed Fish. So the entire Arizona roster is now 30 days in the portal.
0: Whoa. I didn't know that. When did that happen?
1: Tonight. And, and that, you know, there's a lot of good players on that. Yeah. There's a lot of good players on that Arizona roster. Um, so if you didn't know that you probably didn't hear what happened with Ryan Grubb this evening. Um, Uh -uh. so Ryan Grubb is definitely going to Alabama to be offensive coordinator. Um, because He tweeted out tonight a thank you to all of the Washington fans, and in his thank you said he really wanted to be the head coach of Washington, but they didn't want him. Now, wait a second.
0: I might have seen that, actually, because I saw – I didn't realize who it was from, but I saw this, like, uh, statement on Twitter from a Washington coach, and it was talking about how he loved being – in and Husky stadium and all this kind of stuff. And, but I didn't realize who it was from. So I guess that makes sense there,
1: which to his credit, at least he actually went and talked to the players before he left. Unlike Kalen DeBoer, who just jumped on a plane and his players found out when they saw it on ESPN.
0: Well, so that you know, I've heard, I've heard that. I just saw the Jed fish thing. Um, but there's also audio that came out. I don't know if it's, you know, legit or not, but there's like leaked audio is what it was called of, the meeting where DeBoer told his players he was leaving. Um, So I don't, I don't know which report is accurate, but um, I'm, I'm not
1: sure. If he did, everybody wasn't there because over 20 players went online to say that they had no idea until they saw it on ESPN. Two of them said, two of them filmed themselves. They were in the training room getting treatment and saw it on the TVs in the training room.
0: Hmm. Apparently, J.J. McCarthy declared for the NFL draft tonight, so there's another reason why Harbaugh's gone. Uh, Let's see. Uh, There's been a lot of movement today, apparently. Yep. Uh, Alabama quarterback, a cornerback, Des Ricks, plans to enter the transfer portal. He was a five star recruit in the twenty-three class. We'll have four years of eligibility remaining. A Whole lot of stuff going on. Uh let's see here. Oh, yeah, Zach just talked about that too. Um they're yeah, they're, they're Alabama running back. Uh who was that? I just saw it. R- Roy Dell Williams is transferring to Florida State. Um
1: That's a good get for Florida State. <clears throat>
0: mm-hmm. AC 14 said Caden Salter would be a good quarterback for any team needing a quarterback. I agree with that. Apparently somebody at Liberty also agreed with that and they dished out some money to keep him there. Yep. Um, Zach said nobody wants to play for DeBoer. Congrats. You had a good year. So did TC that one year. Uh, Somebody mentioned that that Jalen Milrow was in the transfer portal. So that was, that was fake. Uh, That was a, Tennessee account that changed their profile photo and their name to an Alabama account and tweeted out that Jalen Milrow was going into the transfer portal. Um, He is not. Uh, He he is not. Um, Let's see here. HC14 said where Jim goes, J.J. McCarthy will go. Um, Yeah, uh, Jim Harbaugh said J.J. McCarthy is the best quarterback he ever coached. That is interesting in my opinion. Um, so a lot happening football wise too, a whole lot happening. Anything else? Uh, I think that's all of it. All the football news as well. Yep. All right. Well, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I hope everybody stays safe, uh, in the snowmageddon that we're having, uh, over the next day or so. I hope that everybody has a a fun time. Um, you know, if, if if your kids are out of school and you have the opportunity to stay home with them, I uh, hope you have a fun time with them, uh, seeing the, the joy on their face. Um, I hope everybody stays safe traveling on the roads, uh, especially overnight when it starts icing and stuff. Um, so I hope everybody, you know, uh, uh, HD14 and Zach both said, uh, or Elijah said, can't wait for baseball. Um, Zach said, you and me both, Elijah. HD14 is praying for snow. <laughs> um,
1: 33 days.
0: Yep, 33 days till baseball starts. Um, so, a lot happening right now um, in Tennessee Athletics. A lot. Uh, we'll see what happens if the snow impacts the game Tuesday night. I don't know, man. I guess, it, it, I mean, six inches of snow is not anything to sneeze at. Um, I know Jimmy Dykes is supposed to be on the call for that game Tuesday night somebody asked him on Twitter if he was going to be on the call. He said, yeah, I mean, unless, unless it snows too much, but he said, he's like, if, you know, he's supposed to be there. Um, um, Vols time said, I can't wait for college football to come back. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Um, So I hope everybody has a great evening. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. Hey, Thursday night, everybody join us Thursday night, the hundredth episode of the Vol bros. So, and we hope to see you then, uh, safe, safe, uh, travels for everybody on the road, uh, over the next 48 hours, probably not going to be best conditions. So, uh, thank you all so much for joining us and go Vols, baby. Go Vols. <laughs>